A quick disclaimer, opinions of host and guest do not represent the views or opinions of functional movement systems. Always consult your physician before beginning any exercise program. This general information is not intended to replace your healthcare professional. Welcome to the Movement Podcast. This show is all about movement. We tackle it from different angles, bring on guests, answer questions, go on a few tangents, and give practical advice, giving you guys a better idea of how you can optimize the human body to be the best it can be. Let's preview what's coming up in this episode. The COVID-19 pandemic has affected almost all aspects of modern society. Governments have spent trillions fighting it on a global level. Families have tested their flexibility trying to navigate it. And individuals have been forced to take a hard look at their own personal life choices. But through this adversity, what can we take away from all of this? Today, we discuss COVID from a movement perspective. The guys chime in on how our society has handled the pandemic, give their angle on recent data, discuss long-term effects on our society, and offer up ideas on how we could maximize our chances against COVID and future outbreaks. So let's get going with today's episode of the Movement Podcast, powered by FMS. guys uh today's episode we're gonna go a little bit more in depth than normal so i want all the listeners to know that all of the research and data that we are actually talking about today can be found within our description you can find that below in all the links to um, some of those journal articles as well Uh, so the big thing is i think in this room we are all very aware of the physical inactivity of the world and where it seems to be kind of scoped and where it's scaled at the moment. And so that lack of physical activity is estimated to be responsible for six to 10% of the global burden of major chronic disease. So we find ourselves now in the middle of this you know, pandemic, which doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And obviously that physical inactivity is affecting it. So I really, I think the whole audience wants to know what's your take on that as movement specialists? Well, usually activity level, uh, body comp and immune function run hand in hand. If you have a good activity level, and you have what we would consider a favorable body comp, meaning the body comp that is most resistant to problem, musculoskeletal and metabolic, Um, you also have a fairly good functioning immune system unless you have an autoimmune disease or something like that. Having said that, I go back to what's considered adequately active. See, when we started this journey, what's considered functional movement? We had 10 years of exercise called functional before we had a screen that said whether you graduate or not, <laughs> right? And so it's like having eyeglasses without an eye chart. I really can't check the progress of this rehabilitation or correction if I don't have a standard to go by. What is the minimum level of fitness we're talking about? And I think that's going to be the argument, Lee. We've got some cultures that easily cover five to 10 hours of walking easily in a week, not considered exercise. This is haul water, chop wood type thing. Now we get down to what's considered inactive. And what you'll see is that number's pretty low. So for six to 10% of the world to be considered inactive, they're not doing anything but sitting around, laying around. Then there's a section above them that we would all consider 
inactive, just not as bad as the last group. And I think what you're going to see is not a hard number. You're going to see a gradient of the more activity, the better immune function, just like there's a hard number with blood pressure. But the, the further you are in the favorable direction, the better your cardiovascular system is. And the closer you are to the line, you're worse than that. The, on the other side of the line, that's the tipping point. Well, it that's goes, when it goes back, really basically it goes back to kind of our underlying philosophy from day one is what's the minimum level that you need in order to live a healthy life? Because COVID just now is just shining. A, COVID, all, to, in, in my opinion, COVID is only shining a light on what we already know. That if you're, if you're unhealthy and you have all these other issues, <laughs> whether it's physical activity, high BMI, you smoke, you're more likely to die from COVID. Well, that's no, I mean, no different than more likely to have a cardiovascular episode, more likely to have type 2 diabetes. It's all the same. Well, I think COVID also split the culture, not politically, not, not geographically. It split the culture in I watched people that I know and love on both sides of the fence use COVID for an excuse to be less active or more active. I immediately said, oh my gosh, uh, even though Lee and I were committed to still coming into the office and, and doing what we had to do, I had a lot more free time on my hands because I wasn't traveling and I wasn't doing other things. I immediately became more active. I just wasn't social <laughs> while I did it. I didn't have to be social. I grabbed a chainsaw. I was doing stuff out on the land and stuff like that. So it was really neat to see the polarizing effect that people who were already considerably inactive or didn't enjoy being active used COVID as an excuse to be less active. Well, in some parts of the world, you couldn't go outside. You I could only go outside right. for 15, 20 minutes of the but day. pre-COVID, P90X wasn't a problem, right? <laughs> right? Everybody did it. And, and even though I don't endorse it, I think it was a, a, a lot too ballistic for some people too quick. And we saw the injuries to prove it. Um, if you got six by six, uh, you can do this if you want. So it's either an excuse to be more active or less. When, when there is less of a social burden on your time, you get to choose what to do with that time. And I think Netflix and Amazon will show us what you did with that time, and so will your waistline. So, you know, if, if, you're, if you just become more of a sedentary consumer, you're going to look different a year from now. And if you don't, you're going to look different a year from now. And I think your immune system is going to be behind the scenes of that. Mm -hmm. Your immune system and the way you present with good posture and a, you know, a favorable body comp. And that's what we see in a pandemic. If you're malnourished, your immune system function is depressed. Well, if you're overnourished, if you're eating way more than you're doing, that's a burden on your system too. And your immune system is going to be there. So, But, the, but great, we could be sitting here two years ago saying the same thing. Immune about. system function and, and ways to be proactive with that hasn't changed. We just got a stress test for it, and it's called COVID. Right. So, yeah. But again, if we've known everything you just described is a problem with our society, around the world, our, mm -hmm. around the world, it's a problem. We haven't solved it. Nobody's changed. It's worse now than what it was 20 years ago. We, back in the, when they realized how much diet impacts and how much exercise influences, and then, of course, smoking, that's been around. All that idea has been pushed out since, what, the 50s? Yeah. Especially when smoking, when the, when the landmark study came out in the late 50s that smoking was bad for you. Well, it took, what, 25, 30 years before really a lot of people stopped smoking? 
So that's because the people di- that didn't believe that hadn't died yet. <laughs> when everybody- okay, okay, is that what it's going to take? It's, a, it's not a bad point because really, we've known it does. It's 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 when we know, it hits right, there's, there's three things you've got to do to live a longer, healthier life. It's not no secret. And it's been around forever. <laughs> Don't smoke. Eat right. Exercise. Twenty minutes of exercise a day is what's recommended. And whatever that exercise is, you make a great point. Walking. Just do something. And as long as Willie Nelson's alive, we can prove as long as you do two of those, you'll be fine. So, <laughs> so to me, this this whole thing with COVID, it it's it's just highlighted how much how much more we need to be doing the things we should we've known we should be doing for 30, 40 years. We, and I think me as the kind of the cynic, well, now with the vaccine, and I don't again not to be political, can't imagine the vaccine being political, but it, it is. Is the vaccine is going to allow us? To continue down the path of not having to do anything. I know. And 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 the one thing that, that has become very apparent to me as I've gone back in the cave across the way and started writing more is, you know, screens, tests, stats, numbers, they're all good. What changes culture? We've lost our physical culture. And if you look at the movies and books and, and podcasts we go to, we embrace a physical culture. Whether you are a prepper and you're watching those shows or whether you're a naturalist and you're watching those shows, whether you're an adventure athlete and you're watching those shows, we're all wanting to express ourselves. And I think in more primal and, and, and less organized way. And when we look at uh, when the movie 300 came out, the, the Spartan culture sort of got rebroadcast mm-hmm. with Gerard Butler in a Scottish accent in, uh, <laughs> in the movie, but it all worked out. And and if you look back to the beginnings of box fitness, CrossFit, and stuff like that, those guys got shredded doing a lot of those metabolic, concentrated weightlifting endeavors. So there was a Spartan culture, and somehow some of that spilled over into the box. And it was just so cool to get away from machines and chrome and mirrors and just start beating on shit. And yeah, but I would argue primal. the reason people really gravitated that wasn't for the health reasons it was for the aesthetics all you want to do was get those six-pack abs it that's was, all you but, saw but those six-packs abs were associated with success right both visually appealing but yet all those guys were doing badass things with their swords and shields so my whole point is we realize six-packs abs are more functional and I want to appear more functional whether I am or not. What I'm saying is we lost our physical culture. We love the SEALs, okay? We used to love the Boy Scouts. But we love cultures that raise the bar a little bit. Right now, there is no bar in the culture physically. Everything's okay. You be you. It's okay. The fact that somebody's going to be taking care of you in five years or the fact that you're going to need an elevator every time you change floors in five years is, is a little bit scary. So we don't have a physical culture that impresses on us the need to say, if you're not fit enough to feed yourself today, you're probably going to be a burden to yourself and somebody else before you know it. And what I'm saying is you don't have, I'm not saying you got a credit card. I'm saying if life got hard and you had to camp for like four or five weeks, you would be a physical wreck or probably a better version of yourself. Well, that, that's but part but the big problem for me. And I think what we've, what's out there right now is that this idea of physical activity and all these comorbidities that are, that are associated with people dying from COVID aren't being talked about. All you hear is go get the vaccine. All you hear is go get the vaccine, go get the vaccine, but go get the vaccine. Not, Hey, 
maybe you should start eating better. Maybe you should start exercising more if you really want to fight this right. problem. But right. can, can stats like this and the research take the maybe out? Give me another Can stat. We, Give me another stat that that would take the maybe out for that you would you would lead with if you're talking to a family member. Give me the stat you would. Well, lead with. there was the South Korea study, okay, and this is a national study that they do because they continuously ask these questions, and it's you know they and I'm going to use a research term here. It's a big ass study, right. <laughs> so you're welcome to throw through darts at it, but you better have a couple of PhDs. This was well done, right? And yeah. they highly recommend this you know, this exercise regime for all of their citizens to take part in. And so what- And it was they, across how many years? Um, that I'm not I think it was sure, like but f- it'll be in the description. five-year study. So, I mean, most of the good and bad things that are going to happen when you take- All right, let me just put it this way. When you rehab successfully or lose weight successfully or adopt a more fit lifestyle successfully, it's not a six-month turnaround. Now, a lot of change happens in six months, but it's the people who hold it that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. So, Ashley, having that could you fire, tell us what the study says? <laughs> I, th- I think it well, was. I just wanted to say that it, you know, this study, it obviously ended up spanning into where we are now into COVID. Yes. So they had all these stats and all of, all of the um, information of the people who were consistently reporting that they were continuously doing their exercise regime as the government was suggesting. And so it indicates that both the ones that were participating in aerobic and muscle strengthening activity had a lower risk of infection, serious illness, and COVID-19 related deaths. So huge numbers. And then also the length of the stay in the hospital was shortened by approximately two days, even for the people who were hospitalized. So twofold, less people died. Mm -hmm. And if you got infected, it was less severe. Okay. Two ways. And that goes to those who had continuously been doing their physical activity as the, you know, as they had recommended. The Kaiser Permanente study of over 48,000 adult patients revealed the patients who were consistently inactive, 226% were more likely, like they were 226 times more likely to be hospitalized, 173% were more likely to be admitted to ICU, and 149% were more likely to die. I'm going to say that if you got a choice of two vaccines, the one they say is good or that, that first, right? You can make a decision on the right. vaccine, but if you don't do that first, I'm not sure the vaccine can help you as much as that can. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I've seen vaccinated numbers reported that robustly. So my whole point is the best way to deal with a pandemic is be the best health and fitness version of yourself you can when it gets here. And it's and there's another one coming and another one coming. But all it is is an exploitation of a poor immune system. And one of the things that goes back to your PhD is when you did that firefighter study, every firefighter on the planet has an idea of what they should be doing in the gym to do their job better. But the thing that was most associated with their job, I think, durability and success was an obstacle course, right? And what Lee was able to do is get movement screens on the obstacle course. And what he saw was a positive correlation between the people who had better movement numbers in the obstacle course. So regardless of what you think you need to do in the gym or in your active life, the obstacle course was the grand equalizer that said, you never know what it's going to be. You never know how many laps and you never know how deep that water hole is or how you know uh, frayed that rope is. So my whole point is, 
it's, I'm not saying a, a pandemic is this opportunity, but we have so many small obstacle courses to test our immune system every year during cold and flu season. You can choose a vaccine or you can just be the healthiest version of yourself. And so you can run these immune obstacle courses all your life. So when the real big thing comes, when the fire alarm goes off, you're not going to be caught without your gear your your gear is is your is your lifestyle well, well that's the, but that's the that's part of the that's part of the problem that we have to navigate that that's the tightrope we've got to we've got to walk across is we have a society who we know is unhealthy mm-hmm. for the most part and it's and and this society has known for 50 60 70 years that the things we need to do and really the vaccine is almost like a vitamin Right. I mean, what's the better way to have better nutrition in your body? Take a vitamin or eat right. Yeah, and I think could. we all know, proven through all the research and studies, it's much better to consume the vitamins you need through your healthy diet than go take a pill. And what you're describing, Gray, is no different than how to fight, how to juice up your immune system. You don't want to go take a quote unquote pill, which is a vaccine, which is going. We know will help. The data is very positive in how a vaccine is going to help you. You know, deal with COVID. But it's a much better play as far as a natural immune system to physical activity, eating better. Well, if you think about it, when vaccines are proven best is when they are administered to a healthy immune system because a healthy immune system responds to that microscopic because a vaccine is a threat. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not a cure. It's not a medicine. It's a threat to your immune system that is below the threshold of what could probably create long-term damage or death. So if when's the best time to get a threat? When you have an adequate response or when you don't? So if you've got a compromised immune system due to a chronic health problem, inactivity, whatever, irresponsible lifestyle, whatever that is, when we threaten an unprepared immune system, you don't know what you're going to get. Some may be jolted into better action than they would have done, and some may be sent backward. My whole point is, if you don't think getting your vaccination with a healthy foundation first isn't a one-two punch, then then you know don't put all don't put all your eggs in the uh, reaction when you could have had a better response all along. The the reaction of the government and political bodies and the media and everything is they want to find one thing that we think everybody should do. Well, the one thing everybody should do is be healthier. Well, but but kind of getting back to to the point I was trying to make about walking the tightrope is, okay, basically you're not going to make our society healthier during this pandemic. Nope. That's not going to happen. So the best option right now to get us on the other side of this and allow us to be do get back to the things we needed to get back to so we're not so many people aren't dying is to have a vaccine. The problem is, in my opinion, we're not taking this, unfortunately, it is, I would say, an opportunity to highlight living a healthier life is the best way to go about any type of disease mm-hmm. that's confronting your system. And that's not being talked about enough. Well, now let me throw a big wet blanket on the whole thing. Before we get on a soapbox and tell everybody to get out there and be active, I have really changed my recommendations. If I have to recommend general activity platform to American adults right now, it's pretty simple. And, and I wrote the program yesterday on a, a piece of paper. Uh, get up smooth 
and walk brisk. That's it. And if you can't get up smooth, figure out why. And if you can't walk brisk, figure out why. Because that's well before often. And unfortunately, if we recommend any heavier physical load than that at mass, at scale of the problem we got, we're going to have more musculoskeletal injuries than we are immune system boost, metabolic system boost, cardiovascular system repair. And so what I want everybody to understand is I'm actually advocating less, way less activity than most kettlebell instructors, drill instructors, triathlete coaches, martial well, artists. It depends on who you're. It depends. Just, right. Again, it depends on who you're talking to. If Ashley walks in, you're not going to tell her to get up smooth and walk brisk. You can actually. You know what? I would. And the way I'd say get up smooth is let me see your movement screen. And she's got a one. She ain't getting up smooth. That's that's right, the way I'm again, saying you're, it. You're not, again, you can't take. You could take a 60-year-old who's overweight and, and make that blanket statement. Mm-hmm. But making that blanket statement to Ashley, she's just going to say, well, I need more. you got to give me more than that. And you know what? We'd still catch her on the get-up smooth, okay? So I would still have some problems in her movement screen. I, I don't know. I mean, again, if you say, can you get up smooth, Ashley would say, yeah, probably. Yeah, most of the time. I feel like I can get up smooth. and I, got, I, know, I know I've got a few issues here. If I showed you 16-year-old Lee getting up, how smooth would you be now? Different? Because Sam gets up like you right. used to get up. I, now hold, you get up on, like but, Lee but gets I, up. I, I, get, I don't want to get too far I mean, off get up off the ground. That's what I'm saying. I, when I say get up off the ground, I'm saying lay supine. Well, there's let a, there's, me see how smooth you pop tall. Well, there's, there's, there's definitely a research study that was done in Brazil that says if you can get up without in a certain way, get up in a certain way, you're going to live a longer, healthier life. So that that has been done. I think it's, again, it kind of depends on who you're talking to. If you're talking to a... a fit person versus someone who's unfit, it's a little... Well, I guess what I'm, what I'm alluding to is if you well, have... Well, what you're alluding to, and I'll, I'll it, yeah. interrupt you. What you're alluding to is the fact that you can't simply make a statement to say, be more physically active. That's right. What we no, no. You, I've got to control that because right. instead of going on Amazon and buying resistance bands or a yoga mat or anything, I, I, all I'm simply saying is if you can get up without making old people noises or only having one option. We did this with MoveNet. How many ways can you get up off the floor without using your hands? And you'd be surprised that some of the healthiest and fit people I think have, that was what the study was. The well, study. No, no, the, the study was just get up. And, and it was I more I think it a, was get up without using your hands. I, I, okay. You know, they scored it. We can, we'll look, we'll find it. But we'll my whole point is, what does getting up off the floor actually represent? The neural developmental progression. Yeah. And so really, the one thing I can say is common to all humans is that neural developmental progression and all of us need to have locomotion. Yeah, but I would argue right there that, get total guess, but yeah. I would say 80 to 85% of the population can't get up. But that's can't why- Can't get up th- with what, how you described it. Right, right. But, but what I'm saying is- by doing the movement screen, by doing the motor control screens, the Y balance test, the SFMA, what we've actually seen is where we're going to catch you. And so what I'm saying is I would bet that 80% of the population that needs to be more active has at least three or four risk factors for musculoskeletal injury above and beyond Normal, that means people without these risk factors can probably sail through these things that look unbelievably so simple let's get and back, convenient. Let's, let's get back to what we're talking about. Okay. So basically, in order to fight, in order to become healthy and fight off any you know problem coming at you. Now we're, we're talking about COVID today, right? But next year, it's going to mm-hmm. be the common cold, right. the flu, right? The best way to do that is to be, be active, be physically active, mm-hmm. and have, have a good diet 
don't smoke, right? Those are the things. What we can't do is just assume, and it, to me, this is what your point is, and you correct me if I'm wrong. We can't assume that by telling a group of the, our society, be more physically active, that that's just going to help. Well, because it's like telling somebody to eat right. Well, what do I do? No, I've, 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 I'm seriously ready to sort of tackle this at the consumer interface. Because if you stand up in front of a third grade class and say, you should all read more, you would be absolutely right. And it ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And most of the U.S. is coming at fitness at a third grade level because I've heard the way the media talks about health and fitness. I've heard the way um, some sportscasters talk about health and fitness. I've heard some way, you know, school administrators talk about health and fitness. They don't know what the F they're talking about. They really don't. You, they, they don't even know how to begin to do this. Recommending that kids play 60 minutes a day is not a good thing to say. Create an environment where you got to stop them from playing 60 minutes a day and you figured it out. It's, that's, that's where everybody is issuing this advice like it's an academic situation. I would like to set up feedback loops, and that's what we try to do in our, our PE class. Most of us think, because we've got a phone in our hands and that phone is attached to Google's brain, we can learn to do things. No, you do things to learn. That's the bottom line. And if you would try to get up off the floor, you'll know if you want to get some issues handled or not. And if you can get up off the floor and you can walk brisk, then I'd say, might want to try some jogging, might want to try some swimming, might want to try some cycling or something else that seems both safe and acceptable Mm -hmm. to you. But most of us think we can consume enough information not to make a mistake. Hell, that's what learning is. So try to do something, but set the bar low, especially if you know you got movement, pain, and balance issues. I think it goes one step further, Gray, because I think we can't even convince people to do what you just described. So what, what is the barrier right now to getting people to take that step? Do you know what I think it is? I want to convert it to story. I honestly think that there are pockets of people, and National Geographic does documentaries on us, calls them blue zones. There are pockets of people that easily live to 100 years old. Okay, there as they age, they don't retire. They just get more manageable jobs for the 80 year old. And it's this this gentle life across a much longer lifespan with just some simple, natural culture. We don't eat more than we need. We don't consume more than we need. Everybody wakes up and knows they got to do something today. The kids play till they can work, and then they work real hard. And then as they get old, they work a little bit less. And what we're, what we're trying to do is, is outthink this thing. We all know what we need to do. Adults don't need to have that much sugar right? Kids don't either, but it's a great motivating tool. So use it when you got to, but we don't need as much sugar as, as we're eating. We, we don't need to be sleeping like we're doing and we're way dependent on stimulants. And that just tells you, you don't have a really good well to draw, draw from. It's going to be toxic. Yeah, but how do we soon. make the, ch- that's the thing. This is a cultural so here's what shift. You, do. you issue the information and you create blue zones. Every time we've ever had a chance to go into an NFL team and sort of create a different dichotomy between sports medicine and strength conditioning, we set up a little bit better culture and it filtered a little bit better and it had a little bit better stats. And so all I'm saying is issue the information, 
Early adopters will prove your point, and the other people will do what they say, not what you say. So if you're an innovator or something, you're not going to change the herd. The herd is going to continue running in whatever direction. A few early adopters will spin off, create subcultures. They'll be successful, and people will copy them just because they're doing cool shit. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it goes. So I don't think I don't think we can turn the herd. A lot of people are going to go off the cliff, and some aren't. And well, the, the, the cautionary hope- tale is I'd watch them. Well, the hope... <laughs> is that, again, what we're talking about today can shine the light on it, but it's not being talked about enough. I mean, I think hopefully the people that are listening to us today, the few people that are probably listening to us today, will maybe take this. And, and But the few people listening to us today are probably already saying that to the people they come it in is, contact it is, with. Well, but bad cultures die with the people that practice them the hardest. I think, you know, I think obviously a lot of our listeners are the you know, healthcare professional, yeah. the fitness professional, the person who is, you know, possibly just trying to better themselves. And so with all of this information, I think the conversation of health or the importance of it is, is like you say, it's like a loop. And maybe your insertion point to the information is just different. If you're suddenly concerned of COVID-19 and you're suddenly like, my immune system needs to get better. Well, that's your insertion point into the feed, into the loop of information where, all right, what aspects of my health are going to raise my immune system? If your number one concern is I need to lose weight, not realizing that it's all about your immune system, et cetera, et cetera, then that's your insertion point where what can I do to lose weight? Maybe I need to start walking. So it's all about that different figuring out who the consumer, the person is, and as the professional potentially, you know, where your insertion point is to figure out how to get that information. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of tipping point. And I think if we look, as Greg described, the herd, well, we were doing a lot of physical activities in the classroom, physical education, years ago, hundreds of years ago. That was part of the thing. Mm -hmm. But we all know physical education is being cut out of school systems. I mean, shoot, they're cutting out of reading and writing in the school system. There's no, in certain states, there's no standards that you've got to meet for reading, writing, and arithmetic in schools. Mm -hmm. So there's a tipping point in our society. And maybe this, maybe we're in the middle of this tipping point. I think so. We we won't know for for another 10, 15, 20 years, but maybe we, this is where we are right now. Well, let me, let me try to encapsulate this concept. We all advocate activity and even exercise as almost a medicine because we're not talking about how it enhances your performance. Mm -hmm. We're talking about how it fosters your durability, right? So we quit talking about exercise for the fun of moving, like playing soccer on the weekend or rock climbing just because the rock is there. We're actually advocating exercise as medicine, okay? Now, Hippocrates said, let your food be your medicine and your medicine be your food. The more natural you can keep your lifestyle, the less you'll need medicine other than the food you eat. I think the same way about movement. But if you, if you truly know that you're not a really healthy or fit version of yourself, then assume you have five or six movement-related risk factors that say if you get after it, you're going to be knocked off of this path or humbled or injured in a way that's going to take you longer. So the cautionary tale of the tortoise and the hare is, I know you think you could do this faster, but you are two generations removed from a physical culture that 
knew themselves, uh, and we know this by the way we we took military and stuff like that. But my whole point is, if exercise is going to be expected to be a medicine to get you out of a debt, not to just offer you a buffer, but to get you out of a debt, treat it like a friggin' medicine. Dose it because now we know that a medicine, the, the dosage can cure or kill you, and it's all in the in the dosage of that. So all we've ever really tried to advocate is we are not recommending that you move often if you don't move well. But if you don't move well, there's a lot of things you can do often to get there. Okay, but it's dosed. It's a dosage, and if we don't, if we're going to talk about all the benefits of activity and then leave it up to the consumer to create their dosage, we got a problem. So we've got to create multiple ways, whether it be through uh, you know um, studies or apps or or physical education, military intake, whatever. We've got to put this message in there that if you're already in physical debt, exercise is a medicine, friggin' treat it that way. All right. And we're never going to regulate your activity like we would regulate a drug, but we can't regulate herbs and vitamins either, but they can easily be misused. So I, I literally think that the, the rule of the carpenter, aim twice, cut once, makes a lot of sense. I think that activity would help us all. And I think if we're in a problem, dosing that activity would help you quicker than not dosing it. And the information is there. We're trying to create professionals that can do that. And if you're a professional and you're not looking at it this way, you're going to miss it. You're just going to be a cheerleader for exercise. You're not going to be an advocate for movement with some chops. So, Ready to join the thousands of pros who have been certified in the FMS or SFMA? Then this is your chance to do so and take advantage of additional savings just for our podcast listeners. Whether in healthcare or fitness and performance, helping people get out of pain and moving well so they can do what they love is what Functional Movement Systems does best. As a professional, finding the biggest opportunity for success with your clients or patients has never been easier. Start your journey from the comfort of your own home with one of our virtual certification courses and quickly learn how to use these industry standard tools to properly screen and assess movement. These courses feature live interaction with our expert instructors to answer those tough questions and real-world cases so you can learn how to find that biggest opportunity for success. For a limited time, save $50 off any FMS Level 1 or SFMA Level 1 virtual course when you use code VIRT50 at checkout. That's V-I-R-T-5-0 to get $50 off. Go to functionalmovement.com and get started today. So, Gray, we talked about this idea of physical activity be, being one of the best things people can do to combat all of these issues that come to the body, whether it's diabetes, cardiovascular, and now, of course, COVID, you know, doing physical activity. But as soon as we went into the pandemic, the first thing that, you know, we were told to do was socially distance and get inside the house and don't leave for right, the most part, right? right? And then that, that then leads to a whole nother host of potential issues. Well, let me just say one thing. I think the recommendation uh, by the government, CDC, however we were being told that we got to stay inside and, and social distance, is that's not going to keep you from getting COVID. All that's going to do is keep everybody from getting COVID at the same time and disabling a hospital. Okay, mm-hmm. So we know some people are so elderly or unhealthy that they're going to get COVID 100 yards away from you, 
if, you've, if you're a carrier. That's just the way it's going to be. So the hospital needs to take care of them first. They're in the greatest need. They've already got a compromised health. What we're doing by staying inside is not avoiding COVID. It's not going away. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be- It's here to a, stay. It it's here to stay. So when you do finally get COVID, whether you've had a vaccine or not, you're probably going to have some antibodies and you're probably going to be okay until the next thing comes around. And hopefully you'll be able to make antibodies for that too. But all you did by social distancing and staying inside is slowed the progress, but you didn't stop it. And, right, and so we, there's no illusion. Right. But all the other, all the other side effects, we are not going to understand for years Meaning, okay, we had to stay inside. You know, great. Let's be honest. It didn't impact us down here in Chatham, Virginia that much. Now, the staff, you know, our staff, they didn't come in. They're working from home. But, I mean, you know, down here in Chatham, Virginia, we're getting out and we're doing kind of living our life pretty much typically the way we do. We don't like to get around most people anyway. (laughs) Uh, But if you go to other these larger cities, I had a friend in in Greece and Athens, and he said, by law, you couldn't leave the house. So just that, and then, you know, you take him, in this case, have, has a one-year-old, and that one-year-old wasn't able to interact with any other kids or any other people, for that matter, other than his parents, for pretty much a year and a half. No, and, and, and we're not going to understand what that means, and then you take the kids, and the kids going to school and missing school, homeschooled, good Lord, who knows what's going to happen to these kids that got homeschooled and didn't have that interaction not just mentally, but also just being able to learn the right way. So there's so many things that we don't really understand how it's going to impact our society is going to be really, it's kind of scary to really think there's, about. There's a ripple in time here, and it's just like when you cut a tree down and count the rings, and all of a sudden you see this ring that's got this huge skew in it, and, and you're like, what happened here? And I honestly, you know, as we've been talking, I think two different physical cultures are going to emerge from this thing. And you're starting to see it. The, the physical culture we came from, which is anything goes, and my health care will take care of me, to I've got to be more personally responsible. And the one thing I will tell you is I see a lot of people that, that can't go a day without consuming the media. And it's largely negative because they know you'll watch it longer. And there's a huge amount of emotional, social, psychological stress. We are biological beings that used to take our stress in equal doses, mental and physical, (laughs) social and solitary, right? We would take our stress in balanced doses. And therefore, if you accumulated some mental nervousness, you dissipate that with physical expression. But what do we do? If you're consuming three or four social or media cycles without having meditation or a, a, a religious or spiritual practice or an exercise or, or work practice, then you're accumulating a huge amount of stress that's creating, you want to physically release this and you can't, and it's going to manifest itself one way and usually one system fails. One of the, the pieces of data I saw, and this has been months ago, I, I, uh, I think I heard it uh, driving into work one day, is that you know, they did a survey of dentists and set, there was a 70% increase in amount of cracked teeth that dentists were seeing compared to prior to COVID. Now, again, we could, we could speculate on why that is. And that when they surveyed the dentist, their speculation was people were grinding their teeth more at night. And, and you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say twofold. Yes, the, the big change in your, your social uh, thing created stress. Secondly, 
just a, six months of tooth grinding shouldn't break a normal tooth. So we've got 40-year-olds with osteoporosis going under stress that they're not physically manifesting. Is, so what, it's both ends of the year old Why would a 40-year-old have osteoporosis? Uh, same reason 40-year-olds are getting total knees. Why is a 40-year-old's joint wear out? And, and so that's what we're saying. Why? Huh? <laughs> Why? Well, first of all, don't put total knees in them. You're still not telling us why they get total knees at 40 years old. Because they're eating like they're 18 right. without a metabolism exactly. of an 18-year-old. Right. Yep. Because let me tell you something. and, and That's I'm, not all exercise I, at that point. No, no, no. And that's kind of what you're you, getting to. Yes. You can't out-exercise a bad diet. And you can't out eat bad sleep. <laughs> you can you can eat at Whole Foods three times a day and have them prepared for you and get bad sleep, and it doesn't do a bit of good. You'll still ruin your digestion and metabolism, you know. And so it, it's it's so many of these lifestyle things that we think is just cultural awareness. Our grandmas were doing uh, are, are fine with fast food, right? Now it used to be their grandmas weren't right, but now. Culturally, uh, you give somebody a pudding pack or something like that, just anything prepackaged, as long as we're feeding somebody, it's good. And we realize that we spend uh, less of our income on food than most other cultures do. Most other cultures embrace the quality of their food like we do the quality of our Facebook pictures or our clothes. And most of them said, well, I, I do care how I'm socially perceived, but what's on my table mm-hmm is the heartbeat of my family. Well, and, that's kind of goes back that. to the two scenarios you described. One, one group is going to come out of this pandemic and come out of this isolation, maybe in a better No, they're going to be situation. two different cultures. The and there's culture, going to be one that's bad because people that, that are going to come out of this, is they may be, because of convenience, may be happy. There's a lot of people that are much more happy working from home right now than they are going into the office. What are the benefits of working from home? Real quick, I, I want to do that because the, the, the benefits some might see is I'm, I'm lazier, I can sleep more, I can do what I want. Other people say my free time from commute right. and mindless meetings at work has been compressed, therefore I can express my personal life with a lot more experience. Most people didn't take the COVID opportunity to just change their experience. They just had less experience. Right. And again, kind of getting back to the conversation about physical activity, to me, it still has not been enough light shined, shown on the, the, the fact that physical activity is a big issue with COVID and all the other issues that we've got. Well, it's this. There's a stigma associated with exercise. And, and to this day, my parents don't exercise, but they're active every day. If, if, if there's work to be done, we'll use that bench press energy over here. That's, and I still got that voice in my head. So sometimes I feel guilty for working out instead of working, but I'm always busy and, and I'm always moving. And I don't, I don't think that some people wake up thinking that. They wake up trying to conserve energy and effort at all. That's right. Turns. We made it too convenient. Right, right. And so my point is, if if you don't experience some degree of daily discomfort, I'm not saying pain, but it's uncomfortable to get up in the morning some days. You have to stress your system. Right, right. And there's a constructive amount of stress that says if you if you're not on your feet enough 
to physically feed yourself today, you're taking more from the planet than you're giving it. And so you got to be on your feet just about enough to feed yourself each day because 10,000 years ago, you're gone. We're headed to Wally. If you haven't seen that movie, go watch it. <laughs> it's not good. But well, uh, Matt and I were talking the other day, uh, who helps us with the research and stats. Remember that movie Idiocracy with uh, Luke Wilson? No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think it's, uh, oh, oh, Idiocracy. Uh, basically, I think this guy who's a basically average guy gets put into cryogenics or something, basically to wake him up in the future. And he's the smartest person on earth. You got, all right, recommendation podcast, watch Idiocracy. It was made way before now, and it predicted everything that just happened. So, and, and it was a spoof that came true. Right. It's, it's, how can you be mentally sharp as you could be? and not as physically agile as you should be. Don't you think that physical agility and mental agility are linked and go hand in hand? How can, now, I'm not saying you can't be disabled and still be a brilliant mind, and I'm not saying you can't be athletic without being a genius. But what I'm saying is, uh, usually we see a sound mind and a sound body go hand in hand, and they feed each other. A, a, a good brain makes great decisions, and a good body supports that that physical thing. And so we actually think that we can be smart without being healthy, or healthy without being smart. Well, I, I think the one thing you're, you're, you're saying, and you haven't said it, I'm going to say it for you, to be honest, Grace, it's a balance of both. You can't just focus on one and not and not focus a little bit on the other. I mean, exactly. you can't just sit there and focus so much on making your brain and become smarter that you neglect the physical aspect mm -hmm. or go into the gym eight hours a day and work out and neglect reading yep. or writing, that aspect. So there is a balance of both if you really want to become healthy. And again, that's not a secret. Everybody knows it. It's just how can we get more people to start doing those things? And I'll just go ahead and give you the answer. You can't outsmart or outlive nature. Can't do it. There's no, there's no hack that's going to make up for what you neglected. You got to own it. You got to do it. You got to pay the price. You got, if, if you're in debt, you got to work yourself back to normal and then create a buffer where you never get below normal again and own that and... Uh, like I said, as Steve Carnes in one of my favorite episodes did, when he had to teach himself how to walk again after a brain injury, he said, I'm going to live my rehab. And if your rehab is weight loss, live it. If your rehab is stopping drinking, live it. If your rehab is quitting smoking, live it. Every turn you do, and all of a sudden, you won't even think about it anymore. That problem will be a habit in your past, not something that you're going to sit here and wring your hands about and wait for somebody to do it for you. So. All right. And, you know, to wrap this up, what, what's the takeaway from this? Lee, you go first. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm speaking to professionals, it's any way and every way, try to educate the people you work with on how important physical activity, exercise, diet is to just overall well-being. I mean, right now, COVID, COVID is shining, COVID is shining a light on it, so maybe that's going to be a positive. If I'm speaking to the individual, it's the same thing, but you got to do it. You know, you've got to go out and be become physically active, start eating right, start changing your life a little bit, um, because it's no secret on what you have to do, but you've got to take the step and do it. And that's the big thing is you've got to change your behavior and start doing the things that you know will work. Yep. And Gray? Get up and walk. And if you can't, see somebody about that. Um, 
But no, I, I honestly think Lee hit the nail on the head. <clears throat> everything we've developed at Functional Movement Systems, everything we've co-written or lectured about doesn't count if the person's not aware. So dispensing an exercise means nothing to the person who doesn't understand that that obstacle is there to change them. And they should be looking for the change and they should hold our agreement, our relationship accountable for that change. Baseline. That'll do it for this episode of the Movement Podcast. Thanks for listening. And if you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe and review. If you want to learn more about our system and take the next step in your movement journey, visit us at movementpod.com. Until next time, be sure to first move well, then move often.